0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Hello and welcome. Uh, I'm a host, uh, one of the hosts for the South Asia Channel at the New Books Network. And uh, today I'm delighted to invite for a conversation Professor Janki Butley, who was my professor at Columbia when I was doing my master's in religion in 2003, I think. That was a long time back, but very, very happy and uh, intrigued and excited to discuss more about her fascinating book, Two Men and Music, uh, Nationalism and the History of Indian Classical Music, published by Oxford University Press in 2005. Welcome, Professor Buckley. How are you doing in Berkeley?
0: Thank you. I'm very well. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs>
1: wonderful, wonderful. So I guess, uh, which is customary for all uh, authors, when we invite them, we first ask them, what led you to this book, which is really a unique book, I think, to my knowledge, very rare, or probably yours, yours is the only book that covers such an important aspect of Indian culture, Indian music, Bhat Khande and Paluskar, two giants. And mm-hmm. we knew so little about, we know still, I think, very little about these two giant of the, so yeah, please tell us why you chose this book and how you enjoyed it. Do
0: you know um, why I chose to write about this is the question. Yes. You know, at the time, I think I was reading um, books by people like, by scholars, historians, like Tapati Guha Thakurta, and Parthomittar, Much Maligned Monsters. Mm -hmm. Um, And the study of India at the time that I was doing my PhD was very focused on what we today call post-colonialism. There was Mm -hmm. no post about it really, we were all studying colonialism, you know, very influenced by uh, Barney Cohen and and the work of that Chicago group of scholars who Mm -hmm. um, were taking colonialism seriously, not just in the ways in which economic historians had done it, Mm -hmm. um, economic historians who worked on, you know, the extraction of resources, things Mm -hmm. like that from India you know the old adage about squeezing the goodness from the from the Ganges and and squeezing it into the Thames. But mm-hmm. but colonialism. We were interested. Say my entire cohort of scholars. Mm-hmm. We were interested in in colonialism and culture mm-hmm. and and the idea that that you know you you could not possibly have hundred and ninety years of British colonialism. Mm-hmm and say that it had an impact on the economy. It had an impact on the way in which um, you know, the Indian government was created. It had an impact on Indian education in the formation of, or in the replacement of um, a sort of Persian medium with English medium schools. So there was a sort of consensus that yes, colonialism had an impact on all of those kinds of material fields, yes. But there was still, um, for somebody like me who knew something about Hindustani classical music, who'd studied it, um, studied, you know, Kathak as a young girl, the idea that, no, no, somehow in all of this, literature was influenced, okay, our clothing was influenced, our food was influenced, Mm -hmm. everything was influenced, but not music, Mm -hmm. not music, somehow music had just soared over history. Mm -hmm. Now, this yeah, this true. was a kind of strain of thinking, mm. or this was mm. was something that was fairly strongly mm. written about in ethnomusicology that, mm. you know, music was its own contained world. There was a guru shishya mm. There were all of these roti beti barbhar rules that operated within Gharanas. And, mm. and you know, this, ye alag thi. it had no connection to colonialism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I remember thinking, this is not right. Mm-hmm. This this, this, this is a kind of romantic view of Hindustani classical music. And so that was the first thing was that how did you actually study colonialism, but you studied it where it had an effect on a major cultural tradition. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Hindustani classical music was a major cultural tradition. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I wanted to ask as a question was, that if I looked at um, sort of the main performers of Hindustani classical music, right? And I'm mm-hmm. looking primarily at khayal. I'm not looking mm-hmm. at drupad. I'm not looking at Dhammar. I was looking primarily the most at popular now. Yes,
1: yes.
0: Right, the most popular, the one everybody associates yes. with Hindustani yes. classical music. Um, of course, the, the kind of Gharana system was deep within khayal gaiki, that mm-hmm. was clear. Mm-hmm. But there seemed to be, okay, and this was just looking at it from the outside Pankaj, it wasn't exactly like I'd done any research on this, right? Mm -hmm. But it seemed there was a kind of transition Mm -hmm. that later from the 18th into the 19th centuries, Mm -hmm. the main musicians were all primarily Muslim men. Mm -hmm. And then the musicians are not, okay, that it's almost taken over, if you Mm -hmm. will, by a new group. And that's Mm -hmm. almost entirely not exclusively, I don't mean by this to say that there were no Bengali uh, Bengali musicians or South Indian musicians, Mm -hmm. but there was a dominance, there was a predominance of Marathi musicians, Mm -hmm. right? Esar by Kerkar to Hangal onwards, all the way to Bhim to, you know, to all of the stalwarts. Oh, so many, so many. Yeah. <laughs> so many more than I could. And there was a kind of transition, huh? So there was this music that was affiliated or associated with a kind of past, which was seen as not quite um, suitable for national consumption. It was connected either to the princely court or it was connected mm-hmm. to the kotha and and wahan se ja it all becomes, it was sort of embodied for me in, in the ways in which, you know, even somebody like Kishori Amonkar or where, you know, you had the sari pallu drawn around both shoulders, okay, mm-hmm. judah. Mm. Um, particular kinds of seven diamond earring mm. and, and then that music was and I wanted to track that transformation. I wanted to ask okay. how that happened. I wanted to say how is it possible that this happened? Mm. This is a historical transformation, this is not a seamless yes. transformation. Really how does it happen yeah. Yeah. that yes. it moves like this yes mm. and so that was the second thing and the third thing was that in what I was reading about Hindustani classical music, people focused entirely with good reason, Dan Newman, Regula Qureshi, mm. there was a whole generation of, um, Regula Kureshi actually doesn't work on Khayal, she works on uh, Kavali, but, mm. but all of the ethnomusicologists mm. focused entirely on the musician, mm. just the musician, right? Mm-hmm. And whatever the musician said, they accepted it. Mm-hmm. You know, trained in history, you're skeptical about all of your sources, all of your sources, right? Every single one. Um, and you're certainly skeptical where if you were to ask me, you know, uh, what was the truth about music, I would actually in turn expect you to be skeptical about my answer because I would be giving you an answer entirely from my perspective and bias and so mm-hmm. on and so on. So those were the ways in which I thought, all right, I'll get into music and mm-hmm. um, and track this transformation. Mm-hmm. There were other other sort of um, questions for me. You know, Maharashtra mm-hmm. was was is the home of the RSS, the home of the Shiv Now the very strong politics there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What happened to those politics when it mm-hmm. came to music? Did they stay? Did they Did they go away? If they went away, did they, you know, return? Mm-hmm. So there were all these kinds of strands that led me into the study of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and in studying music, it struck me that um, you know the two major modernizers mm-hmm. of music, but modernizers in different directions, yes.
1: different directions. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Um, meant that, you know, even that concept of the modern, modern mm. Hindustani classical music, you know, Bhat Khande was taking it in a very different direction mm-hmm. than Paluskar was, right? and, it, yeah. uh, should... and so that's how I got into
1: it. Mm-hmm.
0: I can talk about this yeah, without yeah. stopping, I should <laughs> stop and let you ask
1: me the question. That's an exciting topic that, you know, yeah, I can have, we can have a long conversation, but for yeah. our readers' benefit, I want I want to appetize them to you know intrigue them to, to read your book. So uh, I guess I guess my first I mean again these are big questions and you can we can easily have a long but in really brief how ex- I mean I'm asking big question how exactly if we can succinctly summarize for audience I will have five five four or five major questions but first question first our next question is how exactly do you think you can summarize very quickly uh, this colonialism how it influenced Indian classic we know that bollywood music is all influenced by cosmopolitan western music and all but indian classical music was influenced by colonialism that's such a such an you know intriguing and yeah so please you know unpack a little well, bit
0: well you know i went to the hmm. india office records and i looked at all of the ways in which early colonial administrators described music mm-hmm. described oh, music yes. and from william from okay. And who were the people who did this? So why was it even that it came to, to notice, right? Why was in the Stani classical music even coming to notice? Yeah. And in in so many ways, what you could find in the archive was a colonial denigration of oh. native music, right? Oh. A colonial denigration of native music. Oh. Whatever it was that the natives were doing, they were calling it catterwalling. There were military surveyors who were hearing this music saying, this sounds just like, Mm. a kind of screeching, if you will, you know, Mm. absent of any discipline, absent of melody. And then the biggest thing about it was that coming out of a kind of, um, shall we say, a musical tradition, which went, you know, from Bach to Mozart to Beethoven, right, Mm. Where where music in order to be classical had to be written down. Mm -hmm. and that the ability to read music off the page was the marker of a kind of classical musical training. Mm -hmm. But that didn't work in India. That Mm -hmm. didn't work with Mm -hmm. classical music, right? Your entire rag is sung in two couplets. There's this antra and, and the rest of it is not. So you could see for instance when I started doing research on Bathkande and Paluskar mm-hmm. that that in their works they were saying Ti you know if you want Hindustani classical music in order to be considered classical music you need it to be written we'll write it you know mm-hmm. write it all right some but, huh and it wasn't yeah. you you think an orchestra is is the epitome we'll we'll find an orchestra yeah, for yeah, you here's an orchestra Right. right now, orchestration, as it turns out, does enter music. Right? I mean, all of those, like, all of those, like, slump, slightly, uh, shall I say, passionate violence, like 18 oh, yeah. violence in each one of these in the. Yeah. Right? I mean, that does enter it. Yeah. 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 But what I was trying to do, Pankaj, in the book was also show that what becomes Hindustani classical music, what you and I studied, what I studied, certainly. Yeah. Did not emerge sort of unbroken from the Natya Shastra to the present, <laughs> which, is how that, we, yeah, right. which is how we imagined yeah, it. Right, exactly. um, but that. It comes into its own as a kind of classical music, a music that, mm. and that to which national a national term Indian can be attached. Classical. So there was Western classical music and Chinese right. classical music, and you know now you have an Indian classical music, which starts out, of course, not as Indian but Hindustani classical oh, music. Right, right, right. That, that comes about because, in some ways of a response by the part of, on the part of uh, modernizers like Bhatkande and Pallus and they were two that I picked, there were others, right, there are others Mm -hmm. in Bengal, Ravindranath Tagore for instance is is Mm -hmm. hugely instrumental in Mm -hmm. producing a different kind of music in Bengal, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it comes about in part because there There is a kind of desire on the part of at least these two men to respond to this kind of colonial denigration, right? Uh And in that kind of interaction, you can say um, colonialism had an, an impact because you don't see that kind of, you know, intense desire to systematize, categorize, write down, produce a curriculum, produce exams, Sangeet Visharad, so on and so forth, right? You you didn't have this. You don't have this earlier. You don't have an academy. You don't have conferences. You don't have, yeah, it's off a piece with this other kind of drive, not just in Maharashtra but elsewhere as well, the kind of intensity with which you can see, for instance, in the same period, history is being written, um, you know, dictionaries being compiled, encyclopedias being combined, compiled, right? Amazing, and right? we got in Dharma the whole idea that there is a, a kind of knowledge that, mm. um, we need to recover
1: in some mm. ways, or we need, we but we don't just. Do. We have this, we have this, we'll keep. This. Ha,
0: ha. And so then you have volume after volume after volume <laughs> after volume of these kinds <laughs> of works being produced. Why are they being produced? Mm. It would be just simply wrong to say that they were not being produced in response to a kind of engagement with colonialism, right? right? whether it was colonial patronizing, or whether it was colonial denigration, mm-hmm. or whether it was colonial appreciation, mm-hmm. right? And there are features of all three. All yeah, right, exactly. three. So and William so- William Jones
1: to, probably would, we can keep an appreciation, right?
0: Or- You or could certainly, Without a doubt, you could put William Jones in that category, but even William Jones's appreciation was still under the sort of umbrella of colonialism. Very right, of course. <laughs> so partly, partly, Pankaj, my my book was saying, you know, why do we need music to be ahistorical? Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, well, why? Why are you so frightened of history? It's like you know, it doesn't. Yes. It's you know, it's why are you frightened of history? Was you know? I'm think. I'm saying this while I'm thinking about it. Yes, yes. It isn't really how I set about it, but it was just to sort of say, look, Hindustan, all classical music, tradition like
1: other traditions, evolve,
0: like... it's an evolving tradition. Yeah. And um, you know, in yeah. some cases it evolves in in these weird ways. And right. that was why um, colonialism, right? Because I was also arguing against the ethnomusicologists and I was arguing oh. against the Indologists. And I was arguing against the Indologists in some ways because for the Indologists, the text was adequate. Right. The text, right. you know, if you had a text like the Natya Shastra.
1: Bas- the word is yes.
0: There's nothing about rag in the Natya Shastra. There's nothing about performance in the Natya Shastra. It's a prescriptive treatise. It's written in Sanskrit. Um, musicians weren't reading it. Musical performers weren't reading it. I mean, you know, it's only later that, that in, you know, in the period that I was working on that the Natya Shastra is pulled out against. And then somebody like Bhat Khande discovers that the Natya Shastra is of no use. No use that he did not need an ancient history, right? He needed an old history, but not an ancient one. Right. So that's why
1: it went to colonialism. Yeah, I guess my next question would be that exact name, Bhaktande Vishnu Bhaktande. What exactly? How exactly he was like traveling all across India and interviewing all these music? Mish- so yeah, you please tell us summarize what Bhaktande? What exactly he did he seems like so much energy, traveled so much, return.
0: tremendous. Tremendous mm-hmm. energy. You know, I came out of the project. I'd actually started out uh, you know, I I knew enough about Paluskar, right? Because
1: he was a Kirtankar And so I knew right. about all of that. The so by on Paluskar, I'll come to the next but, but let's talk about it. but on Paluskar, I was gonna ask you, uh, you didn't mention his son's uh, what did his son also play a role on, on all this? So his son didn't <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, the scope of the book was such that I actually was hoping that what it would do would be to encourage others to work on all of the figures that I could not work okay. on, that I had not worked on, okay. you know, because for, it, it came out of a dissertation. Yeah, yeah. It's too too much. There was too oh. much. And you know, I wanted to do the Gandharva Mahavidya and that oh. I wanted to do first something on the princely courts, because that was um, the transition. Uh, so for instance, I didn't do a lot in this book with Natya Sangeet, which was an yeah. obvious kind oh, of Nakti, transition. Yes, yes. In Marathi, Natya Sangeet. Right. I didn't write that much about Marathi, Natya Sangeet. Right. And I wanted, because I wanted a kind of historical trajectory for yeah. the book, right? And, oh yeah, Bhatkan Day, was, was so fascinating for me, you know, because yeah. in, in, um, and, in, and, It's interesting because Bhatkarande now, the work that I'm doing now, the second book Uh that I'm writing on Samharkar, I've been reading so much um, by sort of the Marathi intellectuals of the 10s and 20s and 30s and about, you know, various figures in Maharashtra. Uh, Rahul Sarvate has actually an excellent dissertation on the um, intellectual history of Maharashtra on this period, Uh you know, you should have him on your interview him as well. He's, he's got a job teaching it at Ahmedabad, but he, oh, okay. would, he would be able to tell you so much more about this Prachidesh Pandey's work, of course. Um, but it is a period of this kind of recovery. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> Bhadkande is so firmly of the opinion mm-hmm. that um, there is a kind of Pokar Panditya, what he calls Pokar Panditya. Pokar oh. is hollow. No. And, oh, and Pandit. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a hollow, it's almost like hmm. pedantry, like pedantic knowledge. Hmm. Um, and to stay away from that kind of poker panditya hmm. and to actually get to the, the meat of the music itself, mm-hmm. and the meat of music itself were the various compositions and the compositions mm-hmm. were all kept hidden. And mm-hmm. they were all sort of completely tied up by this Gharana system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see this, uh, this, this struggle between mm-hmm. that as well, mm-hmm. between the Gharana system and Bhat Khande. And If you wanted to know somebody else who's written a book on this is Darith Newman, who's Dan Newman's son. Mm-hmm. Oh. Dan Newman was a much older generation. Um,
1: Dan Newman I knew, I knew, but I didn't know. That.
0: And Dard has written, his name is Dard. He's also a sitar oh. player, oh. who's who, Shujat Khan's Shakir, I think. Oh. And Dard Newman is at UC Santa Cruz. Oh. And he wrote a book about this too. So in fact, if you wanted the other side of my book, which was the resistance to everything somebody like Bhat Khande and Paluskar were trying to do, Right. from the Gharanas itself, oh. you should go to that newman. Okay, Got okay? okay, and <laughs> so, I mean, I can tell you that if you wanted to do a whole series on music, that's where you should go. And then if you wanted to do Carnatic music, <laughs> there are at least two people. There's Lakshmi Subramaniam, oh. um, who wrote about the Madras Musical Academy, and Amy oh. Weidman, oh. who okay. wrote about, also about sort of the ways in which a kind of modern instrumentality comes into music, like the Harmonium is... Hugely resisted, yeah. as you can imagine. Yeah. Right, because, because it's. Accordion Kachota, yes, younger version. Yeah, of the part, that's of the right. And then and then, Marathi Natya Sankityuk is unthinkable without the accordion, now, without the harmonium now. Harmonium, right, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, but Bhathkande Bhathkande. that's is sort of part of this generation that is indefatigable, huh. indefatigable. Say, hmm. so Prachi Deshpande writes about Rajvade, for instance, right, who was so. Um, <clears throat> bent on on sort of gathering as much archival in uh, material as he possibly could recognizing that some of this archival material was going to reside in homes in people's homes and he right. would go there and he would just yeah. demand um the, the the material and right. if they didn't get it, you would say, you know, me wow. me. You know, I will return again and again and again until you give me
1: this. So and you would go on period... streets and just ask for the names of the unique musician in that uh, town, and he'll just gather all the information. Yup, and... yup. Yeah, yeah. Every, every yeah. street he's going and just collecting all this material. But yes, yes.
0: So there's a really intense kind of drive to mm-hmm. gather, collate collect much more Pankaj than even I knew when I was writing the book because since then I've been doing other kinds of other kinds of reading and this kind of almost um, I don't want to use the word frenzy that's not the word that I want to use but there is a really intense drive Mm. to accumulate and mm. to restore, and, and for several purposes, for several purposes, all right. Mm-hmm. One is simply to sort of catalog all of this work, mm. other is to sort of examine the work, third is to write a certain kind of historical narrative, fourth is to okay. sort of inculcate in a new generation the virtue of actually doing right. this kind of empirical work. And in retrospect, I see bathkande as part of that, that right. kind of yes. impetus, yes but of intentions. course <coughs> but the but the inevitable clash with the community of musicians right mm. for whom the perpetuation of a tradition was mm-hmm. that it was handed down within the family within right. within mm. a sort of genealogy oh, yeah. from you know okay. and then bhatkhande's attempt mm-hmm. to take it away from them the and turn it into Something national, so you see musicians then caught between, say, that kind of impulse on Bhagwanday's part, yeah. and then Pandit Paluskar's, which was much more driven by his own personal um, kind of religiosity. You know, I'm I'm older. I'm much older than I was when I wrote the book, so arguably I might have written it slightly differently. But okay. but it's clear that for Pandit Paluskar, you know music could not be separated from uh-huh. from yeah. a kind of spirituality from nationalism, like yeah, nationalism. and nationalism. Yeah. And whereas for bhatkhande it was much more at least what we would understand as a kind of Gandhian secularism, yeah. I think. Thank right. Which is I mean. you just that um, you just got it, mm-hmm. got it and converted it into a mm-hmm. kind of curriculum and a training that was available for mm-hmm. all but it had to be rigid and it had to be scholarly and it had mm-hmm. to be you know mm-hmm. you could you yeah. never have done it the way Baat did it. You would need five, six languages you know in order to do it properly mm-hmm. but Baat is quite extraordinary in mm-hmm. his energy and what is interesting is that is that one of the arguments that i was making in the book was that somehow even as bhatkande is successful all right and i when I, I when i say i don't mean to pose them as complete success and failure bhatkande is failure is yeah. Yeah. successful. i think i did that in the book you yeah. know at the time it was it was a device, if you will, literary kind of device in which to do it. But both but it you, I like that also. Yeah, but it was striking to me that at the end of all of this, you know, what emerges as Hindustani classical music is completely mm-hmm. r- removes itself or mm-hmm. is removed by a in the kind of conversation between bhatkande and Paluskar who did not like each other, okay, <laughs> Paluskar did not think bhatkande was a real musician. Okay, and there was all of that sort of on the one hand, mm-hmm. shall we say, a musician's distaste for a non-musician mm-hmm. writing history, Rival and Rival on Rival. the other hand, there was Bhatkande's position about musicians who can't see anything. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they can't. They can't look two days into the future. They just oh. see just their own performance, but they don't see the bigger picture. Right. And so, I, I I meant to produce this kind of dialectic mm-hmm. between them that produces uh-huh. um, the yeah. sunny classical music. Right. But what was very striking for me Pankaj was that you know both of them in their own way try to remove music from from the debauchery of the princely court mm-hmm. right oh, from okay. the indolence of the princely court. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. While the musicians are saying are, in the princely courts wo tha, jo, you know mm-hmm. Aake, you know, you know and um, mm. and to that end music was so removed from anything related to the body, anything mm. related to the body mm. that it was Turned almost asexualized, right? Mm-hmm. In this, in, and that was my chance, You know, that was the kind of transformation I was tracking, mm-hmm. like from bi to bi almost, oh. right? Where, <laughs> where it's like the bot. It's and and because of that, you know, mm-hmm. this idea that it has to be completely spiritual, you know, mm-hmm. you have to bow to everything, you know, you mm-hmm. bow to your instruments, you, to, to. Karo, karo. Karte karte karte. you know, everything starts with a prayer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that was my sort of critical note at the end so, of that book, yeah. which was that it has, you know, in some ways, one group was moved out of center stage and another group was moved into center stage, but in the process, you um, you know what happened to music and you know that was something i was hoping other
1: students would pick up and and write i right, had right. sort of done right so i guess so bhaktan is the main contribution is to intellectualize the entire yes the system come up with notations and 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 all the intellectual work. now let's come to paluskar what was his major contribution and then? then we'll discuss how they both merged in the contemporary set of you system. know they
0: didn't merge no, they were antagonists and they never did yeah, merge yeah. per se i think hindustani classical music is landed up uh,
1: creating that, a merger between them. exactly that's what i meant that we you know? in yeah. the contemporary setting we, we have gandhar but we also use notations of hath so kind of Khandi, yes somehow they both merge the system merge irrespective of the founders of the both systems
0: yeah you know, partly I think
1: that is Paluskar's success. All right. Uh, and that is oh. why I
0: was saying that he was successful, right? Oh, okay. Because um, in everything that I read, you know, mm-hmm. on, Palus- on Paluskar or from mm-hmm. the people who wrote about Paluskar, mm-hmm. Paluskar styled himself a particular way, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you can see that, um, you can see it with Gandhi that he styles himself in a particular way. Mm-hmm particular way. Um, You you know, when after, I mean, if you looked at say, the transformation of Gandhi from his time in London as a student, where he's wearing a top hat and a striped tie and, you know, double breasted jacket, all the way to when he is wearing just a loincloth. And he's wearing a loincloth because a peasant in Tamil Nadu tells him that, you know, khadi is too expensive and a loincloth is all he can afford, right? Oh. And so that is the reason that Gandhi then will move to wearing only that loincloth. Which, yeah which of course produces its own thing. Like, you know, people in India at the time are horrified. Why is he wearing a loincloth? Why is he not wearing more clothes? What what is this? You know, um, he goes off to England, wearing very few clothes and is asked by a reporter, you know, do you think you were wearing enough clothes to which his response is that he thought the king was wearing more than enough for both of them. And so, but what I mean by this is Mm -hmm. that you know, I, I wanted to pay attention to to the self-fashioning of Paluskar, that Paluskar mm. fashions himself in a certain way, right? As somebody who had visions, as somebody who heard mm. things, who was yeah. pulled by a spiritual
1: mm. religiosity, was pulled familiar. by it, yeah,
0: yeah. very devout. And that music yeah. had to be part of that. That music well, had to the
1: be part of uh, details. The Miracles by Paluskar. Yeah, yeah. They move mountains and like you, like what you- Bilkul, Bilkul,
0: you know, which is a very, very different way of approaching music the way Bhatkhandi approached it, uh-huh. right? Bhatkhandi yeah. wanted it in totally some ways. And, no. Yeah, an intellectual mod. And, you know, honestly, I mean, when, for instance, um, you know, I remember going to a Pandit Jasraj concert. And Pandit Jasraj came dressed almost like in a garb of a sadhu, right? In the colors, sort Mm -hmm. of blessed, Mm -hmm. almost blessed the audience, right? That's a very different kind of performance, shall Uh we say, Uh right? Than a performance in which um, which that does not happen. right. Right,
1: right, right.
0: In which the musician you know, comes in, just says yeah. uh, namaskar as by way of saying hello, right? right? right, right, right. Um, and settles down and right. then, you know, makes sure Tampuras are correctly tuned, right. that the tabla tone is correct, and then starts singing or whatever. Uh, it's a very different atmosphere that is produced, <laughs> right. right? It's a yes. very, very different atmosphere that's produced. Yes. And um, at the end of my book, I felt like, you know, Bhatkhande's vision had taken taken a beating a little bit and that paluskas mm-hmm. have okay. prevailed, okay. right, in the sort of ascription, mm-hmm. shall we say or, or mm-hmm. the joining uh, of this kind mm-hmm. of spirituality, yeah. religiosity, mm-hmm. achha, with Hindustani classical music. But Bhat Khande, that was not Bhatkhande's mm-hmm. wish and some yeah. fusion of the two then comes about because Bhatkhande had uh, the more- the
1: Notations are say, all used by Abhishtha.
0: Right. Yeah, it comes about. It, to my mind, it, it's to music's detriment, okay? okay? Um, to my mind, that is to dance's detriment, right? I think okay. um, you could see it, say, for me, in Kathak, for instance, where, I mean, how many times were we going to dance chori I mean, Was there no subject that we could dance other than that, was there nothing we could do that was not either in, you know, there was not Draupadi Haran or Makhan Chori or was there nothing that we could dance that was hmm. released or in some ways? No, you know. There was a whole world, right, of hmm. emotions, hmm. passions, stories that could be told that did not need to be confined just to, yeah. you know, the two epics that occupied such a large role. And, and in,
1: in my tell. mind,
0: Didn't that, that, it, that, that sort a... of froze, froze music and froze dance for a little while. Now, actually, it's different. Now oh. I think it's different. But it's, oh, yeah. you know, and that's historical process, I guess it oh, takes right. a while.
1: So Mm. yeah, even actually in the film history, we see earlier silent films were all about mythology and epics and so on. Yeah. Now they moved on to all kinds of subjects. Yeah. Probably something. But it's
0: yeah, it's you know that it it was it was and remains I think frustrating for a number of dancers and musicians Mm. that. That you, you, you know, it's just you can't get out of this, you can't get out of it, you don't get a grant if you're not writing something about yet another reversion of you know, Draupadi Haran or you know, because so much is dependent on it. Oh. And uh, you see, so there's a whole independent of this, there's a whole structure that keeps this in place, and um, and so that was where I felt like you know, when when I saw Purnit. Just bless mm. his audience, I thought, well, this is Paluskar's success. Mm. This is Paluskar's success. The idea mm. that, you know, Hindustani classical music must always mm. be tied to, to oh, in I some know. sense, sacrality, religiosity, right. spirituality.
1: So Paluskar was the one, I mean, pioneer of all these Gandharma Vidyalas spread across India yep. now, right? He was the one who started. Do you think how many yes. such such schools are there across India now? teaching classical music right now, I would not know. Right now, I would and, not know. And one so of
0: my big regrets said. is that I did not actually go to Lahore until oh, much later yeah. to look at where the original Gandharva Mahavatiyaalai was. Yeah, you know, I, I found a lot. Moved.
1: I thought he closed uh-huh, down and then moved, moved to it, Yeah, but it was originally yeah. set but up originally, in Lahore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, it, hundreds, hundreds of thousands, do you think, the, these music schools? Oh, yes. A, yes, without a doubt. So, thousands,
0: Canada, everywhere, all over the world. Everywhere, everywhere, France, yeah. You know. I don't follow what happens in the US and Canada so much with the music. I mean, I just listen to the music itself. But right. but did you see um, Chaitanya Tamhane's movie called The Disciple? No,
1: not yet. I will, I will watch it. So you
0: should watch that because a oh. lot of that is sort of, you know, when I was looking, I watched that movie, I, I thought, oh, my gosh, somebody here seems to have read my book. Okay. <laughs> You know, because there was—it is a kind of description of a kind of world that does not concede to the forces of change, and oh, and oh. Um, and it's described in very loving detail, but um, but with a very good critical eye. And by critical, I don't mean politically critical. I mean oh, sure. critical as in as in seeing seeing this world of music almost as this. A sealed world, hermetically sealed world, okay. you know, where you enter it with your guru, Guruji, and then yeah. you and the Guruji's other shishas are like this unit. Okay. And, and then you're yeah. moving around within that yeah. unit, whereas the forces of the world are, oh. are knocking on the door, and you only see the forces of the world as somehow polluting, corrupting. Oh. So if one of your students wants to go off and join a band, for instance, mm-hmm. well then he can join the band, but he can never come back to learn music oh, with me. Yeah. Those kinds of absolutisms, you know oh. that that I think um, that I think in some ways have to be fought against because mm-hmm. otherwise. Like art form
1: doesn't grow it should keep evolving and not afraid of it, it, changing in my and, opinion it should. in it my opinion change. it should
0: but of course you know I'm not a musician and uh, and I don't have I, I mean I don't have the same kind of same uh, investment in maintaining the tradition as it was oh. because for me you know a tradition is always historical mm. I mean, it is what, you know, whatever the tradition is.
1: Evolving, okay, yeah.
0: you and I having this conversation is not something that could have happened 50 years ago. Right?
1: It's a good thing that we're uh, having it. Yeah. Did I miss anything major that you would like to add?
0: Uh, you know, uh, the thing is, about the book, what I will say is that uh-huh. there were certain arguments that I wanted to uh-huh. make. One was, um, that music was not just modernized, but music uh-huh. becomes a modernizing tool itself. Oh, okay. And by that I meant that music becomes the kind of way in which if you if you can see now, right, mm-hmm. what happens when when you get married and you have children? Well, your daughter is immediately put into either kathak or bharatnatyam or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's It's no longer that you know you wait to find out whether she has the talent and then you hand her over to a guru or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right? That music becomes a modernizing tool in mm-hmm. educating, if you will, a new generation mm-hmm. of of, um, of Indians into their quote unquote national culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but in so the nationalizing pres- and traditionalizing also then right?
0: Nationalizing yeah. and
1: traditionalizing go together right right and the other
0: couple of arguments that i wanted to make one was of course that one group of women were moved out of the center stage right uh-huh. these were your akhtari bai's who become uh-huh. then bigger martyr, right uh-huh. so one group is moved out one group of women is moved out uh-huh. women who were considered too attached to a kind of debauched or an Or um, Mm -hmm. a sensuous, a sexual world, Mm -hmm. Um, and another group of women is moved in, right? And Mm -hmm. they're all now they are all chaste and Mm -hmm. asexual and and um, and sort of cleansed. The music Mm -hmm. is cleansed of all of its past Mm -hmm. associations. Spiritual,
1: kind of, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and in the process, I mean, one of the arguments that I did make was that. that even the kind of shall we say Hindu theory that was put on this music, mm-hmm. right? Even that was was shall we say struggled over. Mm-hmm. So whereas for somebody like Paluskar, right, without real um, engagement with or study of, mm-hmm. right. Um, the, uh, of of any any Sanskrit text or anything or part of Hindu history, there was this kind of assumption ki, you know hai, hmm. vishas, sita, right. But hmm. for somebody the, like from, Bhat- to, yeah. from from the Vedas to now, straight line straight line, okay. Mm -hmm. But for somebody like Bhat what was much more interesting was that Mm -hmm. he tried to do that and he found that he could not hold up historically. So you had that kind of historical, critical Mm -hmm. and yet nationalist and yet modernizing and yet right all of that. And it's in that kind of struggle that you see the emergence emergence of Hindustani classical music. But um, and I ended it with Abdul Karim Khan and his yes. daughter yes. for that reason,
1: right. you know. Where I really like the so incident that you, about Abdul Karim Khan, the first time he announces the name of the raga and there is a raktash. How can you announce yes. the name of the raga? <laughs> I know. so you,
0: you, do not, you do not announce it, you yeah. know samajh so, <laughs> everyone who knows the music knows it automatically <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the other thing that i wanted to do in the book pankaj was that one of the things that i heard and partly i heard it from musicians i heard you know and so that's when I went off to Baroda. When I oh. sat there, and I made my way through all of those huzur hukum namas. Oh. You know, there was a Kalavant Karkhana along with oh. other Karkhanas. You know, music was with uh, half the time that the musicians were saying, you know, this Maharaja came back from here and stood in the rain and, you know, and listened to me singing malhar and so on and so forth. Those Maharajas were barely there. Mm. They were. Ah, in the summer they went off to England. They bought homes in London, <laughs> and they spent their time there. So there was. So how did you understand this nostalgia on the mm. part of the musicians? Mm. Because it was a nostalgia for. I'm not saying that there were no maharajas who were not music aficionados, mm-hmm. but but you know the ideal shruta or the ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ideal patron, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. was a patron who just sort of gave gave a musician a home and money and just let him, you know, sort of um, further his musical ambitions and further mm-hmm. his art. That mm-hmm. that this was more wishful thinking than actuality. Mm-hmm. You know that this was perhaps an indicator of what the musicians might have wanted, mm-hmm. but it was very rare in most mm-hmm. cases that was not the case they weren't mm-hmm. treated quite that well mm-hmm. and so in some ways you know um efforts would have would have professionalized the entire entire community mm-hmm. of musicians differently
1: right mm-hmm. established academies so almost like a revolution yeah, so that is that you both of these revolution. together it's like a revolution
0: yeah. 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 But of so you, and... yes but but to hear it from the point of view of the musicians, you should invite Darth Newman, okay? Oh. Because for the musicians themselves, sitting in the gharanas, watching all uh. this, on the one hand, uh. okay, watching Paluskar say, "Look, your music is all all, this is a Hindu music." You know, uh. you were basically taking garanas and saying, "You are not authors of your own art. You're just uh. the performers of uh. an art that yeah. preceded that was the
1: you. Yes, yes.
0: huh. And uh, that on the one hand. And then on the other, to see somebody like Bhadkande treat them as if they were just, you know, ignorant and mm-hmm. um, almost as if, you know, Aap log sakte, iske aur kuch kar sakte. you know, na sakte, na padh sakte, na kuch kar sakte. you know, na kama sakte, na kuch kar sakte. And you need to hand over all your compositions to me, mm-hmm. me, Bhat Khande, when I'm not a musician myself. <laughs> I'm not a musician, no, but no, I will no, nonetheless no. set it all up in an academy. you know yeah. so musicians get caught and that if I were to be critical yes. of my own book, hmm. I would say that that dimension I did not include. Oh, okay, the other side you know right, right. Huh. So you I did not include. We have a counterpart okay. now. So. I have a counterpart, and Dard did, all right. But um, but I was very focused on how music was nationalized and how it was yeah, turned life, yeah, into a national so, tradition.
1: Super. So I think we could have talked more, but I think for the interest of audience, we oh yes, for fifty minutes. And uh, really, really fascinating book, a uh, pathbreaking book book from my perspective. I think Thank you. we don't. I don't know of any other a wonderful, concise and precise summary of modern history of Indian classical music and how these two giants revolutionized the musical with all the tensions and biases and whatnot. Thank you so much, Professor Buckley. You were my professor once and now I learned again, so much from you. And well, I hope, uh, it's also.
0: I, hope, I hope, thank you. I hope this was useful for you and for your listeners. And, and um, you know, if I, I will come to Pune and Pune is, yes, you know, sure. where I have a lot of family and you know i'll
1: i'll come look you up Most welcome thank you bye bye okay bye bye